My name is Victoria. I come from Ghanaian parents and grew up in the suburbs of Chicago. I'm a painter turned entrepreneur on a mission to empower Black women to step into their genius and make an impact. I have a vision for creative women to feel confident and powerful and let go of all the limiting beliefs holding us back from going all out and showing up. I'm also the founder of the Kindred Creatives Collective, where I host dinners and retreats to hold space for Black women to prioritize self-care, build a tribe, and feel inspired. I want a world where Black women artists are celebrated, valued, and paid more. My goal for this podcast is to help women of color build sustainable and purpose-driven practices. Every week, I'll chat with a boss who's making bold moves in her industry as a creative entrepreneur. After hanging out with us, you'll feel empowered to build your own creative empire. Now let's start the show. Meet Sasha Lorraine, founder and CEO of Black Girls Who Paint. She uses her work to challenge the status quo on and off the canvas as she digs deeper into finding her place as a Black woman in the arts. Join us as we discuss how she continues to break through ceilings and develops as an artist while staying aligned and true to her mission and purpose. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. I'm so excited to hear about your story and what you've been up to and how your business is going. So let's jump right in, okay? No problem, and thank you for having me today. Of course. So I really just love to know how creative started, so what their path was, but what their initials, what the initial spark was to get them going when they first felt like, okay, there's something about this art thing that I really love, let me continue it. What was that moment for you? So I've had a couple of defining moments in my life. Mm-hmm. So um, growing up, I always knew I could draw and I can paint and pretty much create pretty well. But in terms of, I guess, putting more action and focus into my art, um, I would say my defining, one of my defining moments was in, when I was about 21 years old. Um, in between undergrad and grad school, I moved to New York to do um, an AmeriCorps program and uh, to New York City to do an AmeriCorps program. And um, that was kind of the first time I saw art on like a larger scale, like in person in a way, Um, because I was always like the quirky artsy friend and none of my friends really were like artists in that sense. Right. Yeah. So like moving out there where it wasn't like weird to be an artist um, and it was like accepted and kind of like not glorified, but like highlighted. Um, I was like, oh, wow, like I could really do this. And that's when I started like sharing more of my work outside of, you know, family and friends and started participating in events. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was um, in 2012, 2013. Um, and then after that year, I moved back um, home and then I decided to get my MPA, um, my master's in public administration. And I wanted to do educational policy, 
Um, I thought I wanted to do education policy, but it turns out that wasn't the field for me. <laughs> so at that point, art was more so on the back burner um, as I focused on a quote unquote like safe career. Um, and it wasn't until maybe six or seven years later when I realized the career that I had like built all of my like educational background and like professional experience wasn't the career for me. Like I didn't seek, um, I didn't feel fulfilled. I didn't, I didn't just, I just hated it. (laughs) So that's when it got to a point where it was so bad. It was affecting like my mental health. Um, I had stopped painting and creating at that point. Um, but something told me to like apply to this one art exhibition. Um, it was a group show about like women empowerment. And at that time I was going through a breakup, but also having like rejection emails from art, which also like put a damper on me continuing my art Mm -hmm. practice. And so one day I looked at my email and I saw another rejection email from Women Empowerment. I was like, you know what? My art is dope. It's amazing. I'm not going to let anyone else, you know, tell me no, because it's not a reflection of like the quality of my art. It's more so what they are looking for for their show or event. And sometimes, I, you know, that's not you. So I decided instead of, you know, knocking down doors, I'm just going to create for me and, you know, invite women that look like me that, you know, had similar experiences as me. And we're going to do this thing together. So yes, it's kind of like a wave of epiphanies, like a wave right. of defining moments right. um, that led me to where I'm at today. And it's always about the journey, right? These defining moments that kind of pinpoint you into a certain direction or, you know, make certain things happen after, after the fact. Something, some of the things, something that you just mentioned that really kind of hit me was how um this idea that we are kind of told to find a safer job or a job that's reliable or dependable and that being an artist is not that and i think that you found that for yourself you were miserable you needed to do what was right for you you needed to find your passion and you found out through art and so you took a bold move and decided to not go the safer route the quote-unquote safer route and go towards your art and i think that's something that a lot of creatives who are told that you know their artistic pursuits or the things that they love isn't realistic or isn't reliable or isn't Uh, something a route you should take I think that there's some truth in that in that it's hard being an artist it takes a lot of work and you're putting yourself out there but what's more important is for you to find your own path and to do what makes you happy and it sounds like that's what you did and I think that's really really key to finding your purpose but also one of the things that you mentioned about getting rejection letters and pushing through that I think it's also something that's important to highlight to not only keep pushing yourself and moving forward, but to know that you're going to get rejected, to know that you might fail at something, but to keep going. And I think those two things are really important for artists to really recognize that, yeah, it's hard, but it's worth it. Yes, definitely. Um because like even with art, with anything, even applying to new jobs, by far you're gonna hear, 
or you're more likely to hear more no's than yeses. Um, and especially with art, because art is subjective at the end of the day. Um, mm-hmm. And you can't let rejection kind of sh- shift you away from what you really want to do. Like if, if that's your purpose, if that's your interest, I think you should just keep going because that just leads you into the right path anyways. And for me, I didn't really have the, the opportunity to pursue art because of like my upbringing, first generation American. So like education was always like shoved down my throat. You know what I mean? Like yes. a safe was always shoved down my throat because, you know, I watched my parents, like when I was younger, you know, they struggled, although they were, you know, highly educated, they came from a different country, you know, as a product of, you know, a civil war. They couldn't just come to the States and, you know, get like high paying jobs. They kind of had to start start over at the bottom because of, you know, the paperwork and everything like that. Mm-hmm. So, I can relate. Yeah. So for them, I, I could see why they pushed me towards like a certain path. And, you know, I'm at the age where I'm not like resentful um, in a way, but it took me being like, okay, I am miserable. I got the bachelor's, I got the master's, I've done everything y'all wanted. And now it's time for me to, you know, pursue whatever I want to pursue. And it, it affected, they saw how miserable I was and it affected my mental health and just me as a person so bad and I've also had like crazy bad jobs <laughs> and it's not even like it's not like oh I don't like my balls it's always some kind of crazy event that is like pushing me that that always pushed me to pursue art mm. so that's why I always say it's you know more so my purpose because I never intended to be like the artist I am today like mm-hmm. I intended to, you know, get my nice, safe government job, paint, you know, as a hobby and, you know, have no bills, no debt, right. to be good. And that just was not enough for me. That and was I know not an option. it wasn't an option. Yeah. So. I feel you so much, especially with the parent side of it. I'm first generation too, and education was always something important for my family. We were pushed, me and my sisters and brother were pushed to go to college and, you know, find a career. I was lucky that I was the second born, so my parents was like, all right, you do what you want to do. We have the first born. She's going the traditional route. You can be the artist of the family. But it was still, you know, nothing, not something that my family was used to or understood. And so I get it. I totally get that. But you're here. And from all of that, you definitely created this really powerful platform for black women artists. Can you talk more about that and what what this black girl who paints business is about, how you got started with it? I like to introduce like Black Girls Who Paint as, you know, a safe space created to support and empower um, Black women and girl painters, you know, through positive representation, um, sisterhood and community. Um, And essentially, Black Girls Who Paint started as my brainchild. Um, It literally was just an idea. Like, as I said, I got this one rejection email and I was like, you know what, this is ridiculous. (laughs) And I saw the names, I saw the flyer, and I realized that 
I think there was only one black woman painter out of like 35 or 40 mm. and everyone else was either European or some form of Asian. And I'm like, I'm always, although I would have liked to be in the show, I was also always tired of being like the token or never seeing anyone that looked like me, whether they were black, whether they were a woman and whether they were a black woman together. You know what I mean? So yeah. That's where it came from. And I just wanted to create a safe space um, and, you know, give us more positive representation and not just, you know, um, box us into one form of art. Um, I just wanted to show our diversity because we paint. There's so many people, especially being in the D.C. uh, or the DMV, the D.C., Maryland, Virginia area. There's so many um, black people, minorities where like growing up here, I never felt like I was a minority cause I was always a part of the majority, but I would see it like as I would travel outward. Mm-hmm. And so it was always weird for me to see so many people that look like me in my area in my like neighborhoods and whatnot doing well, you know, everyone's going to school, having like their second and third degrees, but I never saw people that look like me in the arts. And so that's what I I wanted to do. I wanted to just create more positivity and more images of of us because that's what I would have wanted as a child. You know, everything has, for me, I think everything has to align with, you know, your purpose and where you are that day and age and it should grow with you as well. So as I was growing more into the woman I am, the artist that I am, I realized that Black Girls Who Paint was bigger than just me or it was bigger than just an Instagram page. Um, So I started the website and I just started to add more components of it. Um, And that was uh, September 4, 2017. And, you know, thinking of where we are today, it's it's crazy how much we've grown in over a little over two years and where we're going to go in two more years. So, yes, it's exciting. It's also scary because um, it wasn't until I started talking to more people and meeting more people where I knew like, oh, wow, this isn't just like my experience. A lot of other black women painters and artists alike are experiencing this as well and using that as, you know, an excuse to not try it or to not go for it or, you know, put themselves out there or even take a class or a workshop to to figure out how we can permeate the art space and the art world in different um, in different channels and different means. Yes, I love that because one of my models is collaboration over over competition. And I think together we're stronger. So the fact that you have provided this platform for women, black women artists to learn from each other, to have this community, have this safe space, I think is so important. And I'm so excited for you. I'm so happy that it's growing Talk more about how people can be involved with Black Girls Who Paint. I know there's a membership involved. Yes. Well, thank you, first of all. Of course, girl. Uh, So in, I want to say May 2019, I introduced the membership um, aspect of Black Girls Who Paint um, because at that time we were doing more so like Instagram features to get exposure um but then i realized that a lot of 
me questions where I'm like, okay, let's just form a membership where we can exchange. I can create a platform where we can exchange information and resources um, and answer questions that have been asked, like the same, like four or five questions and like, let's dig deeper into it. Um, and then towards, I want to say maybe like October 2019, I started realizing that it, it, it wasn't enough to just, you know, have a membership. I needed to rebrand and relaunch the whole website in totality. Um, because like I say, um, as you grow, whatever brainchild you have or whatever project has to grow with you, like I'm a big um I emphasize alignment in a lot of what I do because if you don't feel aligned or if something doesn't feel aligned, we have the power to realign it or like reposition it mm-hmm. where it feels good again. So um, I noticed that a lot of people were just wanting like reposts on Instagram. So a lot of people were joining the membership in hopes of getting reposted on Instagram, as opposed to, you know, figuring out how to get their work, you know, off Instagram and into homes or into galleries or into exhibitions and stuff like that. And that's what was always the goal, but I kind of felt, feel like that got lost in the whole quote unquote exposure aspect of it all. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we had another section called like the, we had a closed face group which became its own like it, it wasn't really aligned to anything anymore you know what I mean like I can manage the Instagram and whatnot but I found out that the Facebook group was just turning into its own thing and that was never the goal it was always supposed to be you know a safe space in a sense where yeah. I can you know whether it's been or ask questions but it, it was just disorganized and then I feel like it just it just didn't have a place anymore. I decided to actually rebrand Black Girls Who Paint, but also discontinue the Facebook group, focus more so on the website and the resources that were on the website, as opposed to a repost on Facebook, uh, a repost on Facebook or Instagram, but also as opposed to having a group that had the Black Girls Who Paint name and trademark on it, but it didn't have a purpose. You know, like, mm-hmm. like, we didn't really have a specific purpose. And a, a lot of people didn't even know that we had a website, didn't know that we like had clothes or not clothes, but like merchandise and didn't even know that we had a membership. And I feel like when you do like a Facebook group like that or some kind of closed group, it has to be managed in a way that is aligned. And it kind of was like a replication of the membership, that the actual membership. And so with that, Um, I decided to close the Facebook group and actually, you know, discontinue the whole become a member and I'll post you uh, um, on Instagram. Because as we all know, like the algorithms change and instead of instead of me mirroring what to do as in, you know, finding new ways to market yourself, I found that I was taking time away from creating you know, taking time away from doing outreach, you know, collaborating as opposed to doing, giving like real exposure outside of social media, which has always been the goal to like, you know, get what you need from whatever resources you can and go out into the world. That's pretty much how the rebrand and the relaunch started. I think that's so smart to not only 
simplify and pivot as needed in your brand, but to make sure that what you're doing is always aligned to your mission and your goals as an artist and as a businesswoman. I think that sometimes we get caught up and think that, oh, you know, it's it's great to have a big social media presence and, you know, have that exposure. And yeah, social media is great for building community, getting people to know about your products and your services, but you don't own that. You Mm -hmm. own your website, you own your business, you own your, you know, intellectual property. So find, find ways to make sure that that's solid and that people are directed there. And then I think that's a lot of, that's also something that artists and creatives do. And I think that's a mistake. You know, they think that just posting on Facebook and selling that work is all they should be doing. Yes. Like, and that's why I decided, because before with the old membership, it was just one set price and one membership where you had all of those resources. Yes. Uh, I was like, you know what, let me make it more available so I have the three memberships, the basic, the premium, and the deluxe, which is what I'll talk about um, shortly. But I wanted it to be like, okay, get in where you fit it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if you don't want to utilize all of the resources, that's great because, you know, I want people who have certain levels of memberships to stay and get what they need out of that. You know what I mean? Like, that's the platform is bigger than just, you know, the resources, the directory, the art for sale. So I want everyone to be able to have like a little piece and be able to use, you know, the Black Girl Who Paint platform and name to their advantage as well. Yes, so important. Creatives, go and look up this membership for Black Girls Who Paint. There is is jam-packed with resources, ways to connect, ways to sell your art, um, learn and grow as an artist. I think it's so, so valuable. And I really encourage everyone to go and join and be a part of the membership because it's so valuable. Thank you for putting that into the world. It's so important and so needed. Thank you. Of course. (laughs) I'm just trying to, I'm trying to provide what I would have liked at you know 10 years old 15 21 25 and i'm about to be 30 in november so i'm like i'm every stage of my life i'm really trying to provide a resource that i would have wanted that would have potentially like further aligned me sooner or at least given me resources to yes. go out and research and be proactive as opposed to reactive yes um, Awesome. So how do you balance it all? How are you able to grow your business while also nurturing your practice as an artist? That is interesting. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to find the good balance. Like some days I'll literally put in like 15, not 15, but maybe like 10 to 12 hours. And then some days I'm like, you know what? I need a break. (laughs) Like I need to break. But what I have found is, still having like set hours in a way um, mm-hmm. because I am now full-time um, managing Black Girls Who Paint, but also managing my own um, art art practice. And so it's being intentional about time and boundaries. Um, so I've set like uh, set hours to, you know, respond to emails, to do outreach and to do like the administrative aspect of it. And then also setting days Um, if not hours of your day to creating, whether it's, you know, 
doing um, a new series, finishing a painting, or even, you know, doing homework and whatnot. Because I am also taking two courses, one a contemporary art theory class, and I'm also taking an improv class to get better at public speaking. Mm -hmm. Um, And I recently finished an artist development course at um, a local gallery here in D.C. So it's it's just being intentional about your time, um, being proactive and and just setting boundaries. I think boundaries, that's something that we learned as adults, <laughs> a lot of us. Yes. And so we're still figuring out how to say, you know, no is a complete answer, right. <laughs> it's a complete sentence and an answer and not feeling obligated to do things because society tells us or so-and-so tells us or a job or a person tells us, you know, being and I don't know, just being very upfront with what you want and what you need. Amen to that. Yes. Boundaries. <laughs> so important. Okay. So my last question for you is what is the best advice that you have been given so far? The best advice so far, I will say this is actually recent. Okay. Um, and I think, I I think we also have to respect the time and place where we are in our lives in order to be able to take in said information, because I was probably told this, you know, at 22, but I wasn't listening. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Go out with my friends, go clubbing and whatnot. Right. But now I'm in a place that I'm more open to hear other people's perspective. Um, and one friend told me because I worked at an art gallery for a little over a year and in working in an art gallery as an artist, but as an artist who is not, um, who was not formally trained or doesn't have like an educational background, like an MFA or a BFA, um, I would feel it would be awkward for me to like talk to some of the artists who have done so many residencies, who have so much of a higher network um, locally, um, is to not focus on solely marketing. You know what I mean? Like the, the artists that I have met that are selling work, that have dealers and collectors and whatnot, they're social media presence is not big. You know what I mean? So, and it's, I don't like followers and like engagement and all does not equate to the quality of your work. Mm-hmm. And it's really important to not, you know, use being a self-taught artist as an excuse not to seek out any kind of education or any kind of training in a sense, um, re- regardless of how good you are or you believe you are. I feel like, being an artist is a journey. There is no like real retirement in being an artist. You always have to create something and be open to different perspectives. Um, just because you don't, you didn't, you know, have a degree in it doesn't mean that you can't take a workshop. Doesn't mean that you can't research. Doesn't mean that you can't go out and network. And it doesn't mean that you can use being self-taught as a clutch. Because when you say you're self-taught, 
like if someone asks you what kind of artist you are and you say, oh, you're self-taught, you're not even saying what kind of artist you are. You're saying that you just don't have a degree. And that literally doesn't answer the question. You know what I mean? It yeah. doesn't say much of anything other than you don't know how to respond to the question. Mm. So I would say utilize all your resources and get some kind of um, education um, or training and education does not mean that you have to go back to school. Cause I know right here, right now, I'm not getting another degree <laughs> Maybe when I'm in like my forties or fifties, I might, but right now I am all schooled out. I went back to back. <laughs> yeah. I'm tired of, you know, the school being a professional student. But that doesn't mean that I can't take a course. That doesn't mean I can't take a website. I mean, a um, workshop. And it doesn't mean that I can't be active in my own education. And when he told me that, I was like, you know what? You are right. Because I've been calling myself the wrong thing for the longest time. I thought my art was pop art. But it has nothing when I actually like Googled it or like when I talked to other artists, they were like, no, this is more like expressionism. This is more um, surrealism. This has literally nothing to do with art. Mm-hmm. And for me, hearing that, I realized that I didn't need to necessarily go to school to learn that. I could have Googled that. You know what I mean? Like I could have. Mm-hmm. I could have, you know, even taken like an art history class, like do something that will make you more comfortable and being proactive, Um, because that's also how you utilize your network. And it's also how you get to meet your collectors, because the collectors and the dealers, they care about your art, but they value you more as an artist. And when your artwork is amazing, but you aren't as confident in your art history or your art practice as you should be because you feel like you're self-taught or you don't know the lingo or you don't know where to go that you know can dis dissuade someone from purchasing your art or even resonating completely with your art yeah so that you know really changed my perspective and my advice I mean and my you know my outlook on my own artist development because I was like wow I never even took the time to to look into art i would always use like oh well that's all about european art or i I didn't go to school for this or that i would use that as an excuse not to find out what type of art i like you know who my favorite artist is like my favorite genre or like i I just use that as an excuse and I, i found that a lot of people uh, you know, even a lot of like our followers and whatnot use that as an excuse and a, and a clutch as to keep them in a box that they can literally take themselves out of. Yes. Yeah. Dropping gems, Sasha. <laughs> we should always be learning and growing. I totally agree. So how can people get in touch with you? How can people find you? What's your social media? What's your website? All of that. Instagram and Facebook, you can find us at Black Girls Who Paint. You can also find us first and foremost on our website. That's what I should have said first is www.blackgirlswhopaint.com where we have a directory and we have multiple forms of benefits and just different um, channels to pretty much utilize our platform for your best benefit. And we're also on Instagram, Twitter. Um, we're at BGWP. 
tweets because <laughs> the girls who paint is too long on Twitter. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> we're that on Twitter. Um, if you'd like to get in touch with me personally, uh, my name is Sasha Lorraine. Um, and that is spelled S A S H A dash L O R I E N E. Um, that is my first name. That is my artist name. And that is where you can find my personal work, uh, my personal website, my online portfolio, and also my personal Instagram which is also Sasha Lorraine. So, yes, if y'all could just head over to our website and check it out for yourselves, I'm sure you won't be disappointed. You will not be disappointed. And thank you so much for sharing all of that, your journey, your business, your life with us. I appreciate you so much. And I think you're an inspiration to go out and follow your dreams and build your own business that you feel. If you see a need, fill it. Fill it with your own business idea. We are so much more powerful than we believe and I think that we can all grow and be successful so thank you for being an inspiration and showing that yes it's possible to be an entrepreneur who is an also an artist (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much Sasha Lorraine no problem and thank you for having me this was an awesome experience and I will be sure to spread the word as well oh thank you okay talk soon you too Bye. Bye. See you next week, same day, same time. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. And send me a comment if you really like this one. And remember to uplift and support another woman creative today. Always remember to embrace your creative genius.